the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Well, we are in some kind of a school of prayer. Somebody say school of prayer. Jesus was asked by his disciples, teach us to pray. In other words, enroll us in the school of prayer. This is one of the things every believer is expected to do, every Christian does. And over the years, people have done it so much that even when they are not doing it in a way it ought to be done, they keep on doing it. Praise the Lord. But we don't want to function in ignorance. The Bible says that whosoever tended his ears from hearing the law, even his prayer will be an abomination. You will not misfire in prayer. I said you will not miss fire in prayer. Amen. Many people pray about many things. But there are some prayers that, you know, it's, it's kind of an all-embracing all prayer. You can pray one prayer, and by the time you finish that prayer, every other need you could have possibly asked is given. <laughs> I like to pray some of those prayers. One of the things I find it difficult to do is to pray for myself. Praise God. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like it's bad to pray for yourself, but uh, particularly as it relates to things that has to do with natural things, material things and all of those things. No, I don't think that there's any time I have seriously gone with a list of material things before God. Lord, meet these needs, supply these things. No, 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 no. If I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation, praying that the love of God will grow deeper. I, I will share with you as we go along some of my personal prayer points. Praise God. Yeah, because some one, I think one day we had, we had a meeting in Accra and one of our pastors was asking me uh, to share with you some of my personal prayer points. Praise God. Yeah. Because there is one prayer you can pray <laughs> and it can sort every other thing out. Are you with me here? Yeah, prayer is not prayer. There are some people, they are at all night prayer meetings every week. They've done that for almost two, year, uh, uh, two years, some three years, some four years. And still that thing they are looking for is not given to them. Is it that God is weak? Is it that God is on break? No, God is not like the God of Ba. That they kill themselves, they cut themselves. No, when uh, Elijah called Immediately he called, the answer came. The Bible said, before you call, I will answer. While you are speaking, I will hear. When prayer is on key, you don't worry. You don't trouble yourself. It comes. Praise God. Elijah prayed and God responded. Because his glory was invoked. He said, show up that these people will see that your glory is real in my life. 
Most of the time, when people are praying, James was talking about it. He says, you pray, you last for things. That's what you are, you are looking for something to go and show off and impress someone. And God is not an, an impressor. I'm not communicating here. No, 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 no. That's what Jesus said. He said, whatsoever you ask, when you ask for his glory, that the Father may be glorified. I told you that thing. When the glory of God is unclean, prayer cannot be refused. Now, most of the time, the things we are asking for, we just want to prove a point. We want to prove to somebody that you too, you are dating. You too, you know God. While we are looking at prayers, somebody say prayers. <laughs> we, are, we are exploring scriptures after scripture, some specific prayers, some people pray. And when you look at some of the people who pray, when you meet a rich man and he's praying a certain kind of prayer, you have to learn from him. Am I communicating? And Moses was one rich man. How many of you have seen that Moses was a very rich man? Very rich man. When you meet a handsome person, a beautiful girl, praying for a certain kind of thing, you have to go close and ask, what are you praying for? Because usually some of such people, they don't pray. Most of them don't like prayer. So why? Because they think that their beauty should answer for them in life. We realize that Moses was more beautiful than uh, the Miss Wells in our day. He will pass, and when he passes, anybody who saw him, he will look at him like this. Ah. When he's gone, then they turn and follow. He, he captures your attention. You are enamored by his beauty. He, he arrests you. The moment you see him, you can't, you can't do anything. That was Moses. And this man met God. God gave him opportunity. Moses, what do you want? He said, Lord, give me you. Everything else can wait. Give me you. Oh, you don't know that song, eh? <laughs> so you ask for, give me car, give me money. So you don't know, give me you. <laughs> Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. Give me you. Give me you. Everything else. Everything else can wait. Give me you. Give me you. Hope I'm not Give me you.
When Jesus walked on earth, there was nothing he needed that he didn't get. There's nothing. You see, when you carry God with you, it's like walking with a big man. Everything that the big man is entitled to, you're entitled to it. Am I complicating it? That's why, that's why Moses said, Lord, give the, you saw the prayer, look at it. Exodus chapter 33, Exodus 33, Exodus 33, Exodus 33, verse 12. He says, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you said to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Somebody say, whom you will send with me. <laughs> bring up these people, but you didn't let me know whom you will send with me. Thank you for the opportunity to be a leader. Thank you for the opportunity to be a pastor. But who am I going to do this job with? Because, you know, Leading this rebellious people is not going to be easy. So show me how I'm going to make it all through. Then he said, yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now look at this. Though. Moses had a certain uncommon relationship with God in the Old Testament. His relationship with God uh, measures to the standard of somebody like Abraham. There were few people God describes as his friend in the Old Testament. Moses, David, and then uh, what do you call it? Abraham. They had uncommon, unusual relationship. Can you imagine that God will come to you, Pastor James, and says, listen, in the next uh, three months, I intend to visit Afghanistan and then remove the Taliban and establish a new government. And I, I'm not sure whether that is a good decision, but I, I think I, I wanted to pass it by you and see your thoughts on the matter. That is God talking to Abraham. Praise God. When you read your Bible, most of the time, you, 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 you read it with a certain religious spirit. <laughs> Take your seat. That's why sometimes the Bible is even boring for you. Because when I read the Bible, I just, that's how I see it. I imagine God coming to him personally like that. Just listen, this is what I'm thinking about. You know, in the next two years, uh, in the next uh, four weeks or a week ago, maybe God came to you a week ago and he told you that, listen, uh, Guinea government will be toppled over. <laughs> and the soldier who will take over is uh, so, so and so. But, you know, there's something I want to do with that man. What do you think about it? How many of us would want to have that kind of relationship with God? Now, Abraham was not, didn't have the means to have that kind of relationship. You and I have that means. You see, Abraham didn't have God living in him. So he couldn't hear God's voice like that. But God lives in you. God came to him. You, God, is already in you. Praise God. God came to him. You can, you can have a conversation like that with the Holy Spirit. That's it. You can have a conversation like that. Holy Spirit, this is what I'm thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm really tired now. But these are the thoughts that are running through my mind. Am I communicating here? You see, this Christianity thing is a life. It's not, it's not a religion. You have this regiment you follow. Prayer is a, a certain regimental star. You have, oh my God. By the time we are through, you will know how to pray proper. Somebody say an amen. amen. Yeah. A lot of people pray. This all night. I, I have never been a fan of all night, all night, all night. Because most of the time, the things they pray about are useless things. 
useless things by and large. Useless things. Somebody must die for you to rise. Somebody must lose his position for you to get. Now listen, where you also get it, somebody will go and pray somewhere for you to also lose it and another person will get it. I will teach you what you are to pray for as a Christian. Because you need to know what to pray for as a Christian. When you open your mouth and say you are praying this, what you are to pray for. Tell somebody, how long can you pray? I can pray for one hour. What do you pray about? That is the prayer point. That is the real point. It's not just the prayer. What do you pray about? Because there is a certain way when you pray. You see, prayer is not a tool for receiving something from God. Prayer is an is a medium of transformation. Somebody say an medium of transformation. Nothing transforms a person like prayer. God's word and prayer will transform you. People who have known you for a very long time. When they meet you, they will see that ah, even Sassan. Praise God. They will look at you. They say, truly, Silas is a different man now. They will, look at, they will see it. When your mind is has been you will allow your mind to be brainwashed by the word of God. There are a lot of people in church, their minds have not been brainwashed yet. Me, I won't allow them to brainwash me. But when you come to church, your brain must be washed. The Bible said that you might be sanctified and cleanse them by the washing of water by the word. You have a lot of junk in your head. Your education has filled you with junk. Your association has filled you with junk. And you have to allow yourself to be washed by the word. And when God has finished washing you, I used to think that brainwashing was bad until I understood, uh, uh, I discovered what type of washing you go through. Yeah. It's not every brainwashing that is bad. When the word of God washes your brain, you begin to think better. You live, the Bible says, uh, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, before, whatsoever things are pure. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You can't have that fourth line and be entertaining depression. The reason why you are thinking depression and suicide is because you are thinking it's wrong. And when you think wrong, your life will go wrong. Praise God. Are you with me here? No, you see, I, I'm not going to rush this home. I don't mind doing this for one year. I will just pause it and come back to it. The Holy Spirit has made me clearly aware that this year is the foundation of my ministry. So it's not when you are laying a foundation and you know the kind of building you want to build, you don't use any nyamanyama things. This year, I expect a lot of new people to come to church, but I also expect some people to leave the church. Am I communicating here? No, 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 no. There are pillars that are important. Those pillars must be in place. I'm not one of man of God who gets who is worried and afraid of who. No, no, no. I believe that whosoever is ordained to be, be pastored by me, will come to me. Wherever they are, they will come. All I need to do is to make sure that I'm settled in his assignment. Am I communicating here? That's it. That's it. That's it. I've realized that in this city, if you don't take care, people will let you, they will do the ministry for you. They, they will shape how ministry must be done. And they shape it they will shape what you are supposed to talk about and teach. They will shape 
what you are supposed to pray. Yeah. If I'm doing seven days of let, let your enemies die by fire, a number of people who are, who are not here will come. I'm telling you. I'm just small boy. No, no, no. Seven, 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 seven. Me here. There's a certain prayer topic, prayer program I can declare. I have done some before. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> some time ago, I was telling Pastor James, some time ago, many years ago, when I finished the university and I was, I used to preach for a friend in Accra. Are you the one I was telling? Yeah, I was telling about, about my pastor friend, I used to minister for him. But listen, when you grow, you have to grow away, grow out of childish things. Grow out of what? I can give you one prayer topic. I can raise <laughs> you say yourself. I can give you one prayer topic. You will pray for the next one month. All I need to do is to make it come, shroud it in fear. And that's all. You will do it one month. But when I tell you, he's laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can give you one revelation and that revelation will make you restless for the next one month. Am I communicating here? I'm not joking. I'm not looking for people to just be around. I'm looking for people who are built up and they can change other people. That's, that's the kind of business. That's what we are doing here. That is what we are doing here. That's what we are doing here. We are not, we are not. I, I am minded of the vision there. To know God better, live life better, and impart your way better. You can never live a better life when another person is controlling your life. No. Some of us, what is controlling our lives is fear. Fear! It moves you from one prayer camp to another. Now, people come to this church, when we are fasting and prayer, they won't come. But on Friday, they will be at a certain prayer meeting. Yeah, they will pray at it. And they, I, I, I wouldn't have worried. I wouldn't have had any problem if they went there and they prayed and things turned around. But because they are praying wrong prayers, foolish prayers, they are just wasting their time and their energy. There is a prayer you can pray when you finish. Fear overwhelms you like Satan himself. Did you go for, to fellowship with God or you went to embrace Satan? Because God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Do you know a person who is truly free? A person whose mind is free. A person whose mind is what? Free. True freedom. When your mind is free. Bob Marley, with all his weed, he understood emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our mind. And that is why the gospel of Christ, when you hear the gospel of Christ, when the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, people feel free. Bondage goes and people feel free. And Africans don't like that kind of church. Because we are disorderly by nature. They always have to use laws, a lot of things to catch us. The last time I checked, the Bible said, whosoever the son says free is free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. 
I don't want to be a pastor who is leading a bunch of enslaved people. Your mind is enslaved. Everything, every issue, you have to reach out to me. No, 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 no. I want to show you God so you can reach out to him. Because I will not be available 24-7. Wait. I will not be available 24-7. God is available 24-7. I am not one who neither sleeps nor slumber. As for sleep, it's not an area of strength for me. The sense of responsibility and the weight of the gospel burden on my head cannot allow me to sleep a certain number of hours like you do. So that one is not an area for me. But I've also not told you that I, I'm having insomnia or something. So don't leave here and say, Pastor, I sleep less. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very, very free person. There's no, there's no, I've never done any pressure, this thing, not once. If I sleep three minutes and I wake up, my energy will be like somebody who has slept for 12 hours. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's not, listen, this is my wife is here, you can ask her. When I sleep, you don't enter the room because the moment you enter, my eyes are open. Praise God. Yeah. The moment when she comes from school and maybe I, I, I'm taking a short nap, she has to go to the children's place and hang there. Because when you enter the room, eyes will be open. Praise the Lord. But I want you to know that I am not uh, uh, I, I'm not one who neither sleeps nor slumbers. There is one who neither sleeps nor slumbers. And when you are well connected to him, you can reach out to him any time, any day. Praise the Lord. Yeah. This is a generation of Christians. A prophet can give you a word and when the prophet has given you the word, they want the prophet to work out the word for them. Praise the Lord. You see, maybe we may even do it for two years or so if we can lay the foundation well. <laughs> a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. If the foundation be strong, the righteous can do nothing. We want to raise a very strong foundation because a lot of us don't have the Christian fundamentals. We don't have it. You need to get it. You need to know God by yourself. When you hear a word from another person, you must know how to relate with the word to be able to know whether this is a word from God or it's a word from the person. And even if it's a word from God, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you should be able to do that A, B, C, D. Am I communicating here? As for visions and revelations, people are free. They will bring them up. They will bring them. So if that is what will make you pray, you always get them. Ask my wife. There are people who dream and they share it with her. I say, forget about it. Let's not waste our time there. She tells me all the time. That this is so and so. I say, forget about it. I know what to pray about. Am I communicating here? There is something. Moses said, Lord, give me yourself. Give me what? Give me yourself. The more I stay with this, the more I see new things about what the presence of God did for him. Moses was very rich. Moses was very handsome. Moses was very intelligent. And Moses was, what again? What were the things we talked about? Sorry? He was anointed. He had the anointing. He had the anointing. He had wealth. He had what? Intelligence. These are the things people look for. Is that not what people look for? Everybody wants these things. If you are, you are intelligent, you are rich, you have 
crowd. Oh, he had a multitude. He was a celebrity. You put your picture there and you went and you see five lights. Hey! But Moses was a celebrity. He was a leader of two million people that were following him. All of them were loaded. They were not loaded with Ghana City. They were loaded with gold and silver. Every one of them had gold and silver. That's, that's the kind of people he was following. He was leading. But Moses said, Lord, whom will you go with me? I said, ah, why would Moses ask that kind of question? You have all of these people, loaded people like this behind you. You yourself are very wise. He said, who will you go with me? Who will you go with me? Because he knew that the difference maker in life is the manifest presence of God. The difference maker. Somebody say the difference maker. The difference maker in life is the manifest presence. The difference maker. Two business people. One will be going on top. The other will be there. The difference maker is the manifest presence of God. The difference maker. The difference maker. I've told you how this presence comes. It's not the presence that is universal. It's the presence that you take time to cultivate so that when you come, the presence comes. When people see you, they also see it. And I don't have any better illustration than to tell you of powerful perfume. When you use a powerful perfume, when you enter a place, people will know that the smell here is different. You are, you are always in a hurry to go and work. You are always in a hurry. I pray that we'll come to a place where we'll be in a hurry to tarry before God. Because the more you wait on him, the more you reflect him. Moses stayed with him 40 days. You have an opportunity to stay with him every day. He had to go on a mountain. You can stay with him even on your toilet. You can fellowship with him. Everywhere. You can do that in your car. He said, you don't have time to pray. Listen, when you really want to pray, you have more than enough time to pray. Don't you have time to like useless uh, Facebook uh, videos? Share them. Useless comedies. You have time to like all of those things. You have time to be in traffic and be listening to news that is making you angry. We said that God's manifest presence delivers you from all your troubles. Somebody say troubles. Yeah. Don't pray against troubles. Don't pray against them. Yeah, it's a wrong prayer. Among the many things I will teach you, I will tell you prayers not to pray. There are prayers you must learn to pray. There are prayers you must not pray. Pray that troubles will not, Lord, I don't want any trouble. I want a trouble-free marriage. Die. Or don't marry. I want a trouble-free this. No. The Bible said, in this world, you have what? You see, your greatest insurance against something that is certain to come is to make sure that you have the antidote to that thing. You know, if there is a hurricane that is going to come, our greatest insurance is to make sure that we have moved from the pathway of the hurricane. No, so that's all. That's all you do. If troubles are bound to come, then you have to secure the thing that has the solution to trouble. And the Bible told us that God's presence is that thing. As chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, he says, and the patriarchs becoming envious of him. Told you yesterday that the reason for people's trouble is envy. Somebody say envy. And you know envy is something of the heart. You cannot eradicate envy. God couldn't do that. You know why Satan attempted a coup in heaven? Because of envy. He was envious. When would he, this man start sit down? So that we, I mean, to, I will sit there and they'll be doing me holy, 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 holy. He 
your time. You should step down small. So he said, if you won't step down, I will approach you by force. That's how the coup came. Envy. It was envy. You know, the first human test was a temptation, was a temptation of envy. Satan told him, you will be like God. Is that not what he, he told him? Be like God. And a lot of people don't like who God has made them. They want to be like somebody else. Want to be like somebody else. Want to drive somebody's kind of car. Want to live somebody's kind of life. They always, human beings are always wanting to be like. What he failed to do in heaven, he sold the idea to man. So man will lose his place. So when man became envious, God has already made him in his image after his likeness, giving him dominion. He says, be like him. Be like him in what way? Be like him. Be like him. And when Adam fell for it, that was it. Oh, you can't read the Bible and not see how envy runs through. It started in heaven. It appeared in Genesis. It runs through all the way to the end. Envy. You can't take, and if you can't take envy, then you can't take trouble out. He says, the Bible said, the patriarchs becoming envious of him, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him. That's the key. God was with him. Those who are hating me and those who don't like me, I don't pray against them. And I'm not afraid of them. Tell me that my name has been taken to where? It's not a prayer point for me. You have seen it. I have known it all along. You have just seen it. I have known it all along. Have you heard of a great name that is not mentioned? How many people don't know of Rollins? For good and for bad. <laughs> Sold him into the place. But the Bible said the Lord was with me. And everything changed. Look at verse 10. The Lord was with him. And delivered him out of all his trouble. Listen. When trouble comes, who will really deliver you? One day I will show you how God delivers us from trouble. When trouble comes, who delivers you? All your trouble, all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. All of his troubles. Last night, I think I spoke to you about God's manifest presence compensates for your inadequacy. Somebody say, my inadequacy. When you see your life and you see the extent of inadequacies, then you know you need God. Somebody say, I need God. God. Let me close with that. (laughs) The third thing I wanted to do, I can do. Let me close with that. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. Okay, let's do uh, Judges 16, verse 14 and 15, and then we'll close. I want you to be hungry for good things. Somebody say good things. Yeah. Be hungry for good things. Be hungry for good things. Because there's one thing that when you get, Pastor Victor, every other thing will answer to you. Every other thing. The law of one thing is so important in scripture. Jesus said, one thing is needful. Matter has taken it. Apostle Paul said that this one thing I do, forgetting those things. Uh, David spoke about it. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. You just have to discover that one thing. When Solomon appeared before God, God said, ask. He said, there's one thing, one thing, one thing. He asked, he said, all the others, let my enemies die by fire. God said, I know you could have asked for that one. You didn't ask for it. (laughs) But that one is bonus. You see, when you pray the right kind of prayer, the useless prayers people pray, they become bonus for you. You pray a bonus. Bonus for him. The Lord looked upon him, verse 14, and said, go in this thy might. You shall save Israel. Somebody say, you save Israel. Yes. 
Say you say, save Israel. Now verse 15. And he said, oh, where shall I save Israel? My family is poor in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. Menko school. My boost and four year poor. That's what he was saying. When you're beautiful, when you're ugly. All of those things, please forget. Get the presents. There are people who get visas and they don't ask them too many questions. Too many questions. Professors go, they ask them, ask them until the professors become confused and they are declined. Stuck illiterate. They can't even articulate their names properly. They stand before the people and they just don't look at them. Say, uh, how many years? Then they just give it to them and they go. Listen, I appreciate school. If you have the opportunity to go, you can afford to do it. But that should not be your greatest asset in life. That's not your greatest asset. I really pity families that really overemphasize education, money, inheritance, over godliness. I pity them. You know my greatest heritage I can give to those two children is God. If they get to know the God I know and I have been serving the way I know him, I have been serving him. What answers to me or answers to them practically? But let me give everything I have acquired in this life to them. In a split second, that same things will destroy them. Get your values right. But you see, when you as a parent have poor values, your children will have poor values. He says, this is my problem. My family is poor. I don't also have connection. I don't know anybody. God says in verse 16, look at what God's answer was. He didn't give him a check of a million dollars. The Lord said, surely I will be with you. I will be with you. Listen, I want you to come to a place when uh, you are told God go with you. It means a lot to you than when somebody gives you money. Spiritual people, that's one of the things I will talk about when we are doing spirit. Spiritual man, when we see a spiritual man, he has value for spiritual things. You know, some people go to the stadium, they shout. When they come to church, amen is even a difficulty for them. You don't know. You don't know it. That's why I'm helping you to see a few. And I will share a few. The 12 is not exhaustive. I will share a few. All his troubles, he was delivered because the Lord was with him. All his troubles. All his troubles. Look at Moses, Exodus 3, as I close. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. Come now, therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said unto you, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly. Somebody say certainly. Verse 12. Certainly. 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 Certainly I will be with you. Somebody say certainly. Certainly I will be with you. 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 So before his assignment, he had experienced the presence. That's why he became hungry for the presence. Before the assignment, if you saw Moses, the things he was doing in Egypt, and you thought, ah, Charlie, I wanted the Bibi so No, it was not Bibi so It was someone that was with him. God was with him. God was with him. So when he, it was, he, he was entering the final phase of the assignment, and you see, I don't know whether you can carry this. No, you see, before the assignment, he was assured of God's presence. 
after the assignment, when he had gotten a lot of natural things on his side, the man was still more hungry for the presence than the natural things he had. Did you understand what I said? Before Moses became a millionaire, <laughs> and after his hunger for God, before he had money, and the, his hunger for God after he had money, his hunger for God after he had money was stronger than his hunger for God before the money. And God knows it. See, the reason why some people cannot prosper up to a certain level, God knows that <laughs> even this little money he's seeing you, it is eating you up. You are not as hungry for him. You don't see value for him as much. So if he shoots you into billions, oh, you'll be insulting pastors, you'll be insulting churches. God knows. He said, let me keep you my thousands. That's all. It's hunger. Listen, if God gave you a billion dollars, <laughs> will you wake up to pray? Will you come to church? You know what you can do with a billion dollars? Even a billion cities. You will become like the rich fool. I have goods laid up for me for many years. <laughs> My soul, take ease. Rest and be merry. Some of us, that's the mood we will come into. And you see, the Bible says, God knows your thoughts from afar. He knows your thoughts from afar. The thoughts that you will think 10 years time, he knows it from afar. Praise God. He said, I will be with you. I want you to be hungry. May the Lord help us. I said, may the Lord help us. When you are praying, pray for the Lord. Listen, when you go to your shop eh, and in the morning, God is with you in the shop. There is no customer who will not come and buy from you. There is no customer. You may not even be doing radio announcements and they will be coming. They will be coming. They will be coming. John the Baptist carried God and he took him to the wilderness. And everybody went to the wilderness to meet John the Baptist. Listen, carry something. I said, carry what? There is something around you. You see, there is something around you that makes you simply irresistible. When people meet you and they really don't like your face, but they can't stop helping you. Have you, have you had that kind of experience before? They don't like you. You know that they don't like you. In fact, while they are doing it, they, they, you can really see that. Me, I'm really not into this. So I'm really not into this. I really don't want to do this. I really want, and my heart is really not into it. And, and, he's, and he's signing. There must be a compulsion. And that only happens when the presence of God is standing there. Listen, human beings can stop you. If, you, if it's only a baby who thinks that, listen, human beings can stop you. That's why when you become over-reliant on man, God gets angry with you. They can stop you easily. But when God is with you, <laughs> when God is with you, not only with circumstances and human beings over you, but even mountains. Let me close. Psalm 114. Let's close. <laughs> When Israel went out of Egypt, now look at this. The house of Jacob from a people of a strange language. He's narrating the whole Exodus, the whole movement of the children of Israel. 
exodus movement of their people. That's what is in there. Israel went out the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language. Verse 2, he said, look at this. Judah was his sanctuary. Okay? Israel was his dominion. Now look at this. He said, the sea saw it and did what? The sea what? Saw it and fled. Have you seen the sea fleeing before? You have seen waves before. I see. You can see it like this. But the sea saw it and fled. Imagine the sea running away. You see, God's word makes meaningful impact when you imagine it. Because faith is not something you just, you just hear. You hear to the point of seeing it. That's why it was easy for Thomas to believe when he saw. And you must see the word of God. The Bible said the word of the Lord which Isaiah the prophet saw. You must see the word of God. How do you see the word of God? You meditate on the word until the word becomes a picture in your mind. When I read the book of uh, Psalm 91, when it says he will give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all your ways. I see it. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> so when I'm taking, like I'm climbing the stairs to come to this auditorium, when I take these steps, angels are taking charge of my legs. In all your ways, you shall tread upon serpents and scorpions, all of those why angels are in charge. All your ways. When I sit in a car, is it not part of my weight? When I'm in a plane, is it not part of my weight? Thank God they are invisible beings. Waiting everywhere. The Bible said the sea saw it and fled. The Jordan was driven back. Now, please follow this reading. That's my last test with you tonight. It's not part of my text. Jordan was driven back. The mountains keep like rams. The little hills like lambs. Then I ask a question. What irred thee? Oh, thou see that thou fleest. So he, uh, he's just asking himself, Hey, what is happening to you? What is chasing you? Why are you fleeing? Why? Why are you fleeing? Listen, you don't have to pray against some people for them to flee. You just have to carry God with you to the place. Yeah, you just have to carry God with you to the place. They themselves will resign. They will resign. They will resign. You don't have to. They will resign for your sake. I'm the one who is, I'm not doing again. They will just tell, I'm not doing again. He said, thou Jordan, that thou was driven back. Look at verse. Ah, do both for six, six, six. Ye mountains, you skip. So he's just asking them one after the other. Uh, see, wh- why are you going? Why are you running away? Because I've not seen this before. Jordan, what is your business? What is happening? You know, sometimes it's by it's like by reflex action. When you see people running, even you don't know what is happening, but you begin to run. Imagine that kind of thing. They were just running. So the man was ah, why? The sea is running, Jordan is running, uh, the mountains are running. What is really happening? <laughs> Verse 7. Tremble thou earth. At where? Tremble thou what? At the presence of God, at the presence of the God of Jacob. That's the reason for all of those happenings. <laughs> I don't know what your own challenge is. Your challenge may be a sea. But when you carry the presence there, it will just go. Your challenge may be a mountain. When the presence invades a place, tremble down at the presence. When the presence comes, oh, who can stand before God's presence? Bye-bye. Yeah.
Mr. Afwakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarter church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never, never